Welcome to the podcast series, Animated Living, where we help you to live out the best version of you, the most animated version of you. I'm Ian Freestone, and I'm your host. Hey, everybody. It's my privilege to welcome on today's Animated Living podcast, Liz Dean, who is a health and wellness expert. She's an exercise scientist. She's a senior lecturer at Torrance University. She's a highly sought after speaker. And what I love about Liz above all else is she walks the talk. She's a really nice person. She's fit and healthy, great communicator. And Liz, Animated Living is all about helping people live the best life they can possibly live. And obviously health and wellness and the areas that you speak into are a critical part of that. I'm not an expert on these things, which is why I've asked you, our resident health and wellness expert, Liz, thanks so much for coming on today's podcast. Thank you, Ian. A lovely introduction. And uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> great to be here. Thank you. Well, Liz, why I've got you on Animated Living is not just to talk about health and wellness in general, but specifically to address the area of health and wellness for over 55s, because I am at an age a few years past that, and I did notice a shift. And I tried so much to hang on to how things once were. It's not working for me. So I do need some advice. But quite apart from that, a lot of our listeners are over 55. And a lot of the health and wellness stuff that's out there, you know, with all the toned bodies on Instagram is not going to really cut it for the demographic that uh, mostly listen to this. So I want you to tell us about health and wellness for over 55s. I also want you to talk about some actionable steps. What can we actually do to make a difference in our lives and to keep healthy? Uh, That would be really, really helpful to get as practical as we can. What have you got? So one of the first things that I always talk to people about is making simple steps because um, as a practitioner, I'm, I'm in clinic and I could sit there and go through lots of things with you, but it's about what can you do that's that's easy and it's achievable and you can fit into your life? Yeah. So one of the first things that I start with is uh, nutrition. So I think about, you know, what is it that you're eating? And everyone goes, oh, I know what to eat and I know what to drink and what I shouldn't be doing. And, and one of the first things I think is, well, how much water are you drinking? Because one of the things that changes as we age is we lose our thirst mechanism. And water is absolutely essential. You know, we're made up of water and we have around 60% water. And, and that can sort of vary depending on your age, etc. And as we age, we become more and more dehydrated. And it's a major component of blood. So while we say to people, drink as much water as you possibly can, even if you're not thirsty, just keep drinking water. Uh, that's, that's the very first place that I would start is looking at how much water you're actually drinking and you may have heard that old saying of drinking eight glasses a day and there's different calculations we do on people's weight but I would say to you look the easiest way is look at the color of your urine unless you've taken a big group vitamin because it'll make it bright yellow the riboflavin in there then as long as your urine is relatively clear especially by mid-morning the darker the color it is the more dehydrated you actually are so it affects um your your brain as well because your brain is actually 
uh, very, it's got a lot of water. It's got a lot of fat in there, but it has a lot of water. So if you're slightly dehydrated, you won't function pro uh, properly mentally either. You won't be able to think clearly. So it's a very simple thing to do. So that's one thing for you to think about with nutrition is just, just start drinking water. And then for every hour of exercise you do, then have basically another litre of water. Mm-hmm. Now, my next thing is a pretty simple one as well. This one is just to try and eat more vegetables. And I know we've probably all heard that before, but most Australians, over 95 to 97% of Australians never get their five serves of vegetables in a day. And we say two serves of fruit. People tend to get enough fruit, especially in summer. So vegetables are great because they're really low in energy, but they're packed full of antioxidants, of phytochemicals, phytonutrients. And these things basically, they stop us getting some of those chronic diseases. And look, there, you know, a lot of people say, I don't know how to cook veggies or, oh, they, I'm bored with them and they don't taste that great and I don't know what to do with them. My thing is, cook them in some olive oil, garlic, and a bit of salt, and it makes everything taste great. And you can't use too much olive oil. So that's going to be one of my tips is get stuck into that olive oil. It's fantastic. Extra virgin olive oil. And uh, yeah, it's just amazing for your health. So there's a couple of things there. That's Eat good. those vegetables. And buy what's in season because it's cheaper. Mm. It's packed full of fibre, packed full of nutrients. And uh, and I've actually put one of the slides up there I put in there was eat all the colours of the rainbow. Third thing about nutrition, um, I want you to think about getting that variety in your diet. We, on average, eat between about five maximum 10 different foods in a day most people don't eat anywhere near that in terms of diversity of foods our ancestors used to eat around 40 to 50 different foods in a day they had lots and lots of variety the reason we talk about getting this variety is that you just get all of those uh, vitamins and minerals so we're getting lots of uh, variety in that diet so you're going to be ticking off all those boxes so this is my next thing is that try to get um, as much different colours. That's the way I look at it. Get lots of different colours. Eat the rainbow and that way you're going to tick off more of those um, vitamins and minerals in, in your day. As we age, we increase inflammation. So I don't know if you've noticed this, Ian, where you get uh, pain in your joints and that's inflammation. Yeah, you may right. have more injuries than mm-hmm. what your maybe old injuries are coming back. Maybe mm-hmm. you've had something from 10 or 15 years ago and you find that that's just coming back. When we talk about inflammation, we're not only talking that joint inflammation of those achy joints when you get out of bed in the morning, but it's also systemic inflammation. And inflammation happens everywhere in the body and it also happens in the brain. So this is where we we believe that this link with dementia and Alzheimer's is actually inflammation of the brain. So 
one of the things we can do is have foods that are lower inflammation. So your vegetables and fruits are lower inflammation. Some things will drive inflammation. So uh, meat can drive inflammation. So having too much red meat in your diet, too, um, too many grains, especially if you've got a problem with grains, not saying that grains are bad, but some people really upsets their whole system and it creates more inflammation. Unfortunately, alcohol does drive inflammation. Sugar drives inflammation as well. And we want to try and cool the body down. So eating lots of fresh produce, so uh, plant-based foods or plant-focused foods can really help. Also, um, having oily fish in the diet can really help. So oily fish, think your sardines, salmon, um, trout, ocean trout, mackerel. These are very, very oily fish mm-hmm. and they help to decrease that systemic inflammation, also inflammation of the brain. And if you're interested in, in helping your brain with clarity and you maybe sometimes feel that your brain's a little bit foggy, Eat some blueberries. I know that sounds very simplistic, but blueberries have a certain component in there. There's phytochemicals. They actually improve cognition within 30 minutes of eating them. So it's pretty impressive. I actually wrote a research paper on brain health and we looked Mm -hmm. at all different components and blueberries is one that came out near the top the other one that comes out close is turmeric so the active component of turmeric that you know that powder you might use in your curries etc that curcumin is Mm. actually really great for the brain and decreasing inflammation and i think you're going to talk about supplements later but uh Mm. can some of these things be supplemented like turmeric yeah, absolutely. Look, the active component of turmeric is a thing called um, curcumin, and it's that it's the um, it's actually just a part of the turmeric. You can get supplements that do have a very a concentrated form of it, which is great. But and my advice is. You, you could take that, but you could also just keep adding turmeric to food. You can find, you know, add it to everything. And how turmeric works is it, it's activated by um, piperine, which is in black pepper. So if you put some black pepper in with your cooking, if you're making a curry, or you can even add, uh, like I add uh, turmeric to my nachos or my um, Mexican beans and some mints. And if you're making bolognese, you just add some turmeric and add some black pepper. And if you have some fat with it, that actually helps you absorb it better as well. So make sure you've got some, if you're cooking with olive oil, you've got some black pepper, that's going to enhance the absorption. Yep. So that's a, and look, we are going to talk about supplementation later, but uh, there's some key components. One of the things I also, as we age, we can't absorb protein the same way. Uh-huh. So the protein needs actually increase as we get older because we get this thing called, uh, I don't know if you've noticed it, Ian, that maybe you just can't build muscle mass the same way. Maybe uh, people will probably find this, that maybe they've been physically active all their life and they're finding now that their skin hangs a little bit more or maybe their muscles don't grow as fast or they feel like they're losing muscle mass. And that's called age-related sarcopenia. And one of the things that we, and I've actually written papers on this one, what we uh, need to get people doing is actually eating a bit more protein. So... You know, and that can be difficult for people because 
they may find it's harder to chew protein or maybe they're trying to cut out or decrease the amount of red meat in their diet. But it is important to eat protein every day mm. because it's going to help to maintain that muscle mass mm. and it helps people feel full. Yeah. So, I was always a big meat eater, typical Aussie bloke. Uh, then as my kids grew up, they began to educate me on the value of a plant-based diet. Uh, and dad, you eat too much meat. You don't eat enough fruit and vegetables, which was very true. And I didn't drink enough water, which was also true. So I did start making my changes and uh, thanks to my kids for that one. But uh, I haven't, you know, I probably wouldn't have protein deliberately more than once or even twice a week. Am I getting enough protein? Mm, okay. Without analyzing your diet, that's very difficult to say. So if you were eating, I would say if you, are you eating eggs? Yes. Which, okay. So eggs are a great source of protein. And there was a lot of conjecture around eggs with cholesterol. And that's really, that's kind of been thrown out now. Unless, of course, you've got real, you know, real issues with your high LDLs, the low-density lipoprotein, which is a dangerous one then eggs are fine and you could still eat eggs if you had high LDL levels. You just probably would want to eat eggs every single day. But if you ate eggs two or three times a week, there's no problem at all. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're not getting your protein from animal sources, then you need to make sure that you are getting it from your lentils and your chickpeas, your kidney beans and other sources. So more of a, a plant-focused based protein. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they're not as easy to absorb or they don't have all the full profile of amino acids and they're the building blocks of protein. So you can do it, but you need to make sure that you have like lentils and rice together or rice at the next meal because it's got some of those ones that are missing out uh, in the those amino acids. So, and look, I'm not a massive protein eater. I've never been a big red meat eater, but I do try and eat fish at least two or three times a week. I do eat some plant-focused, such as lentils and chickpeas, at least two or three times a week, but I'll always eat some protein every single day. Mm -hmm. And whether sometimes it might even be a whey protein shake mm -hmm. because I know that it's going to be a day where I'm not going to have a chance to uh, cook some protein. So it would be like a salad with some chickpeas, but then I might have a whey protein shake mid-morning or something just to make sure I'm getting enough protein in because it is a real problem as people get older. Yeah, well, we're talking to Liz Dean about health and wellness and five actionable steps we can take. We've been talking about nutrition, the importance of drinking water, the importance of eating fresh vegetables and a variety of food. Eat the rainbow, as she says. Where are we up to now? Well, I, I want to just um, talk one thing about hypocrisy. Hippocrates, I've got the pronunciation there. He said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And as a nutritionist, I absolutely love that because food can make us very healthy, but it also can make us very sick. So one of the things that I look at is using that food as medicine. And, and you know, you probably all heard about superfoods and every year there seems to be new superfoods. And some of the ones, these are on my list for 2021. And there's lots of different foods that we can eat, but um, I've got in there blueberries and I've, I've given you a slide in this one. So blueberries, turmeric, tea, both green tea and black tea. Now, 
green tea is the same plant as the black tea, but it's just younger. So it's a younger plant. And tea is amazing because it has an active component called L-theanine and it makes you feel calmer. My mum used to come home and say, everything would be better after you have a cup of tea. Mm -hmm. There is actually a reason for that because it has this component in it called L-theanine and it makes you feel calmer. So there you go. If you're ever feeling a little bit stressed, have a cup of tea. Mum's right. (laughs) Swap out the red wine, put in the tea. So caffeine, friend or foe? Ah, friend. Can be at the right time. So um, caffeine actually improves your neurological function so you can think clearer. I like to have coffee in the morning, but I tend not to have it for the rest of the day. I usually drink tea for the rest of the day and maybe some green tea as well. At nighttime, I drink like a rooibos tea because it's caffeine-free. Caffeine, there's a lot of good research on caffeine. Some people are caffeine-sensitive, so it doesn't suit them. Um, It can make some people jittery. But caffeine will actually increase uh, your performance if you're exercising. So it makes you feel that the exercise is easier than what it actually is. So it actually tricks the the neurological system that you actually feel the task is much easier. If you want to focus, you can have some caffeine. If you have too much caffeine, it actually does the opposite. So you will lose focus. So you've got to be careful. There's a bit of a sweet spot there in terms of caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, it will also be good for if you go want to lose a bit of body fat, it actually increases free fatty acids into your bloodstream. So you have it about 30 minutes before you exercise, it will increase um, free fatty acids so your your utilization of fat is is enhanced the other thing it does if you're doing a fast day it can actually suppress your appetite so if you're one of those people that like to do a bit of time restricted eating it will actually suppress your appetite you don't feel as hungry so there are some good benefits to caffeine it's packed full of uh, some polyphenols so there is some pretty good research on it but for some people it it tends to send them uh, makes them feel really jittery and it doesn't seem to work if they're caffeine sensitive. So they probably know the people that that, that happens. Also, if women are going through menopause, caffeine is not great. It really can play havoc with the hormones and it can tend to exacerbate um, menopause symptoms. But other than that, I'm going to give caffeine a tick. Okay, good. <laughs> The other one that I love is, um, you may have heard of this one, it's called broccoli sprouts. So it's actually sprouted seeds of broccoli. And it has uh, this wonderful thing called sulforaphane, which helps to uh, pull out a lot of uh, stuff from the body that we can't actually get. Because we all know that broccoli is great. It helps protect us against bowel cancer. It helps protect us from lots of different cancers. And it's uh, one of the top vegetables. If we were to eat nothing but no, I only eat one vegetable. That would probably be my first choice of vegetables to eat. It's one of the cruciferous vegetables. But broccoli sprouts, uh, you sometimes can find them. At the, I find them at the market. Sometimes you, uh, local grocers will have them. They're packed full of nutrients and they actually help with uh, improve the natural detoxification pathways through the liver. So mm-hmm. they're, they're great. Mm-hmm. Olive oil is up there with for me, uh, especially extra virgin olive oil. Mm-hmm packed full of phytochemicals, got some really great nutrients in it. And don't worry about the fat. People were so concerned about fat. This is a good fat. It's a monounsaturated fat, great for our heart. 
Mm-hmm. Now, this is an interesting one, natto. I don't know if you've ever heard of this one. Natto is a Japanese fermented soybean, and it's packed full of vitamin K2, which is great for your bones. Now, it's an acquired taste, and in the picture, I've actually put natto up. It looks quite slimy, and people can be put off by the look, but it actually doesn't taste too bad, bit of an acquired taste, but you'll find that one at uh, Asian supermarkets, like actually little Japanese or Asian mm-hmm. stores. You know, I have uh, some Japanese students. They go, oh, you like natto? I go, yeah, I do, actually. They're like, oh, not many Westerners like natto because it is fermented soybeans. And fermented foods are great. They're great for our gut bacteria. And you've probably all heard of, you know, how important the gut is and it's the second brain. If your gut goes out, then your mind's not going to function as well. So eating some of those fermented foods are fantastic for our digestive system. And they actually help to uh, repopulate the gut or that, that intestines if you've ever had antibiotics, et cetera, and you've wiped out that gut. So natto is up there for my list. I also like to put in there things like a bit of sauerkraut. Um, any of those fermented vegetables are great to have in there, a bit of yogurt, et cetera, as well. I've put in there kefir. Kefir is another fermented food. It's You can get little kefir granules and you can fet, ferment your own foods. And some of you might remember your, your parents might have, your mother might have done this and they might have been fermenting jars and pickles and all sorts of things. And uh, those foods are just great for our gut health and, and just really he, keep everything happy in there. We also have the brassica family. Now, the brassica family is the... Uh, cauliflower, broccoli, uh, kohlrabi, Brussels sprouts. And these are all great for detoxification pathways in our body. And then finally, I put down as my superfoods for this year is some uh, native botanicals, which are some of the foods that are grown in far north Queensland, down south, some of the indigenous foods such as the kakadu plum, the illawarra plum, the kwadong, the lemon myrtle, the finger lime. You may have heard of any of these. It's I'm starting to see them appear in, in some of the specialty stores and you might see them on uh, some of the menus at restaurants, but uh, these are all packed full of goodness. And they're growing in uh, really kind of arid conditions. They're packed full of antioxidants, so they're, they're wonderful. That's, that's my list for 2021 okay. of mm. all the good foods you can eat. And remember, eat, eat a rainbow. Thank you.